North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Noel, naturopathic doctor. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Dr. Low Radio. It's good to have you. I'm just going to let this beat just ride. This is a really good beat to uh, drive to, by the way. I've done that, the instrumental version. Uh, yeah. Okay, I just had to let it ride out. Um, (laughs) welcome back again, guys, to another episode. I am um, stoked about the show tonight. We're talking all about sex drive, libido, the health benefits of sex, of dance, of getting in your body, all kinds of fun, juicy stuff. But before we do that, I want to give some love to the show sponsor of, of the show, the first official show sponsor, Organifi. I just chugged down my juice of Organifi and I'm actually recording this intro the morning time before I head to go see patients. So I'm getting juiced up for the day. If you haven't tried Organifi, you guys, you really need to try it. It's really an amazing product. If you're a busy person and you find yourself not eating healthy because of that, it's the perfect option for you, really. I use the little travel packs, especially when I am on the road. I keep them in my purse at all times and just rip one open, throw it in my water bottle, and I have a greens drink. So I love it for that reason. It's just really, really convenient. And especially the ingredients. I mean, I've checked a lot of different green drinks over the years and a lot of them are good, but they make you feel like you're eating some, uh, something from a wood shop class back in high school. Um, so maybe not so drinkable, but I like this formula a lot and it actually tastes really good. And even kids like it and my bro likes it and he's anti-vegetables. So check them out, Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, not with a Y, I-F-I.com. And then at checkout, enter Dr. Lowe and you get 20% off your order. By the way, on their website, they also have a new protein powder that's amazing, a turmeric supplement. So if you have any aches and pains, you know, joint pain, achiness, turmeric is a great option to add into your mix that can help decrease inflammation. So all those products, the greens drink, the, the travel packs, protein powder, turmeric, all of those really great options over at Organifi. And you can enter Dr. Lowe at checkout and get 20% off any product on the website. All right, guys, mark your calendar for April 27th. Yes, that's correct. April 27th, it's a Thursday night, six o'clock. We're having our Shine Detox launch party. It's going down in San Diego. 
live music, yummy food. We're going to have some fun raffles and giveaways. So any of the authors and books we've highlighted on this show, we're probably going to be giving away most of their books. Um, so it'll be a fun time. Bring your friends, spread the word. Um, you can check out more details as it unfolds at shinenaturalmedicine.com. Um, and we'll see you there. Before I bring on my guest, I just want to thank you guys for the love over on the iTunes reviews. It means so much, and it really does help to spread the word and get the message out there that we're doing this show. And so um, thank you for all the five stars. If you're loving the show, if you're getting value out of it, please press pause, head over to iTunes, leave me a review. I'd love a five-star and an honest review. If you have any feedback, if there's any topics you'd love to hear about, if it's made a difference in your life. Or if you just want to say it's a great show, that's all you need to write. Um, but I, um, you know, it it does really help, guys. So please pre- press pause, leave me a review, and you can start it up again and jump right back in. And I promise you won't miss a beat. All right, let's bring on the guest and jump into the show. All right, you guys, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We're at Dr. Low Radio, and I'm really excited for my guest tonight that I have wanted to have on for, I think, quite a while now. I'm really excited that we finally made it work. And it's Yeah, been it's been a bit. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. It's like you – it's so cool because you have come in my space a few times, and I've always just seen you, like, shining your light from afar, and I'm always like, yes, go, go, go. I love seeing any – rock stars in the, in the naturopathic world because it's so needed. This medicine is like, we are the answer for healthcare's crisis. This is amazing. And I love seeing that you've been doing so well with your practice. And so for you guys listening, let me give you a little bit more about my guest. I'm talking about Dr. Jolene Brighton. She is a functional medicine naturopathic doctor. She's an herbalist, best-selling author, speaker. She is a renowned women's hormone and autoimmune disease expert. We have a very similar focus in our practice. So it's always fun to geek out together. And we've definitely been a bit of a support for each other and very various ways, just life, business, you know, um, what have you. And she, she really helps support women who struggle with hormone imbalances, adrenal, thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, digestive. It's very similar to what I do. And it's just, I think a lot of it is because we've been there, done that. We both have been in this world um, personally. So I know that she really sympathizes with her patients. We'll get a little bit more of her personal story. Um, in her patients and her practice, Dr. Brighton, she really thrives on navigating the space between conventional and alternative <laughs> medicine and working with patients to help them achieve that balance. So I love it. Dr. Brighton, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Dr. Lowe Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it is kind of funny. It's taken us this long to, to actually connect on your, on your podcast and on your radio show. But, you know, you were, you were bringing up, I, I really appreciate those kind words that you said about me. So I, I'm really grateful for that. But it's funny because, you know, for people listening to this, they, they don't know that I actually first found you when I was in naturopathic medical school and you happened to come across my Twitter feed. And I was like, who is this lady and what is she doing? And I just thought you were so amazing. So oh, it's a kind of a trip to be here today. That is so cool. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. I did not know that. That's funny. I remember you yeah. kept on visiting me at the clinic and checking out the clinic and then seeing you at JJ's event. And it's just like, yeah, it's just so cool. Wow. Yeah. We had uh, the same mentor. So Dr. Dr. Dixon, Tom, yeah. and I was on his shift and I was like, do you know this Lauren Noel? I just saw her on Twitter and, and, and him, you know, he's an old school doc. He's like, Twitter, what are you doing on Twitter? <laughs> but he did know you and he, yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, she is awesome. She's as awesome as she seems online. Aww. 
that's really sweet. That's I'm like feeling that in my heart right now. Thank you. I love Dr. Tom. Okay. Well, I know that you specialize in what you do because you really have experienced it yourself. So you get it. You empathize with people. So share a little bit about your story. Why do you do what you do? And tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So, you know, my journey actually started in childhood. I was one of those kids that had a lot of digestive issues and no doctor could figure out what was wrong with me until they, until science finally discovered H. pylori in which then my doctor said, Hey, maybe you have this thing called H. pylori. So, you know, my journey started out with a lot of um, digestive issues. And so it was really at you know, about when I was at 18, that I started to put together these connections that food was profoundly affecting my body. And this was something that my doctors had dismissed. I remember being like, you know, this teenager trying to talk to my, 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 you know, doctors about my diet and them telling me, you know, this has no effect. Like there's nothing, it doesn't matter if you change your diet. The exact same thing. It's amazing. It's crazy. Right. And so that, you know, I've started to figure out, okay, if I, if I do this and I do that, I actually feel a lot better. And that's what really propelled me into the food is medicine space. And so I decided to study nutritional biochemistry. And so I'm a nutritional biochemist by training. And that's what I did long before I ever discovered naturopathy. But it was in that time that I self-sabotaged my hormones like no one's business. So I was in grad school. I mean, I was making a joke with someone the other day, just reminiscing upon, you know, drinking a pot of coffee starting at eight o'clock at night because I was in grad school and I was a scientist. I needed to stay up all night and learn all the things. In retrospect, it should been sleeping. <laughs> but right. I was also on this like vegetarian, fat-free diet, following the food pyramid and literally destroying my body from the inside out. But I had no idea because I thought, oh, I'm I'm doing I'm doing what I've I've been taught, this food pyramid. And it was once I really dove into the research and found that there's actually nothing to back up any dietary recommendations made by the U.S. government. In fact, it's all about, you know, how we take care of our farmers and how the money flows that I really started to open my eyes up to, you know, these, these ideas that, you know, maybe fat isn't bad. In fact, it's every single cell of our body and how we make hormones. And so maybe I should be eating fat. And it was through that experience that, you know, I, I started to shift my diet and once again, use food as medicine to reclaim my health. Now, fast forward to postpartum me, I actually developed an autoimmune disease, which is the result of giving birth to my son. Literally just having a baby triggered what's called Hashimoto's thyroiditis in me. And I once again found my pla- myself in this place where I was struggling to get the care that I needed and to get doctors really to listen to me. And it's the intersection of autoimmune disease and hormones that, you know, that's where I really started to work on myself. Sure, there's all this diet, there's all all of these other things going on that we know are very foundational, but the thing I'm not seeing a whole lot of people talking about, and I'm definitely trying to get the word out, is, you know, how your hormones actually can cause an autoimmune disease and how an autoimmune disease can absolutely wreck your hormones. And so I have certainly been there. I have been a 20-something with no libido, which is scary to say, no libido, no interest in sex desire. I have been there with heavy, painful periods, severe PMS, mood swings, and I mean, you name it. When patients come to me and they have these symptoms, you better believe I listen because that's all I ever wanted in my own personal journey was someone to actually listen and hear my story. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I I always say that I try to be the doctor now that I wish I had had. And I remember back 
to asking the doctor, doc, is there anything I can do for my acne? And then looking at me in the eyes and saying, there's no connection between what you eat and how your skin looks. And I knew in that moment as a teenager, without any education about food, that that wasn't true. So yeah, yeah, it's wild. And that is something that like, it's, it's just intuitive. I mean, that's something that was a part of you that this doctor gave you this information and you're like, no, that's a mismatch from what my personal experience is, which I think is really important to highlight that like you tuned into your body, your doctor said one thing, but you had this intuition otherwise, and you followed that and it served you. Yep. Yep. And I still, and I tell my patients now, you know, your body better than I do. It's about getting to know your body to where you can really hear those messages. I can guide you and help you get there and do the testing and all that. But, but it's about understanding your own body. So empowering. Absolutely. That's what we do. Love it. Absolutely. I'm curious where, how are things now with regarding that? You said you developed Hashimoto's how, you know, what did you do to help balance that out? And where, where is it nowadays for you? Oh gosh, that, that, you know, as anyone with autoimmune disease knows that that is, that is work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that, you know, that's the reality of it is you've got to step up and you've got to do the work. If you want to get your life back, if you want to take charge of your health, you, it, it's, there's no, there's no, uh, two ways about it. You got to do the work. So, you know, I, I went, I struggled for a good year postpartum. It's something that nobody tells you in medical school or even, you know, in pregnancy that, that giving birth can be a risk for autoimmune disease. And this is because you know, we're only now starting to see the, the research mounting, but it makes sense, right? Women are the number one who's going to get autoimmune disease. We are way more at risk for autoimmune disease and giving birth, you know, that, that triggers a whole change in your hormones and your immune system. So, you know, for me, I struggled for a good year getting the, getting the diagnosis and it really, it's, uh, you know, it's sad to say, but it was when I fell asleep at the breakfast table and it took my husband, you know, really holding up the mirror to me and listening off all of my symptoms for me to clearly say, see like, Oh, duh, this is Hashimoto's. Like, and, uh, you know, part of my journey was also a lot of self-forgiveness. Um, because I was really hard on myself for the fact that like Hashimoto's is one of my favorite conditions to treat. Uh, my mentor, Datis Karazian, actually, you know, <laughs> he makes fun of me. He's like, of course you, you got Hashimoto's. Like you're, you were obsessed with it. You love that condition. <laughs> like you studied it all the time. Funny. But you know, it, uh, it definitely was a journey. So it started first me getting the right labs and figuring out what was going on and then digging deeper from there. I had gut imbalances. I had a past history of Epstein-Barr virus exposure, which I actually think happened in medical school. There was a big stretch of fatigue and sore throats in there that I'm like, same for me. I think I got it then too. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got mono in med school. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of working on um, those, those root cause, but definitely, you know, adrenal support. I mean, I was a new mom. I, ne- I was doing all the adrenal support I could, but I needed adrenal support and I did end up needing some thyroid medication. So I went from, you know, sleeping like 12 to 15 hours a day, being like a two out of 10 with 10 being the best for my energy. And today people will tell me, you have more energy than anyone I know. I can't even believe you have an autoimmune disease. It's really true. I mean, I've put my antibodies into remission. So I also um, developed, so I I actually had a miscarriage sometime later after my son and that actually triggered antiphospholipid antibodies, which are, you know, can be lupus and 
then it also triggered 21 hydroxylase antibodies, which are Addison's antibodies. And so I'm happy to report today, thyroid and adrenal function is awesome. Hormones are in balance. I run a Dutch test on myself at least twice a year just to keep tabs on myself. And awesome. yeah, it was a lot of like, you know, it's basically doing all the things, but you know, it, it what's important for me to say to people is that I did partner with doctors that I felt like I could trust. And, you know, this is important for people to understand because, you know, so often people just want to fix themselves. And I totally get that. But when you're navigating your own health, how I explain it to my patients is it's pretty much like you're holding a book right against your face. You need someone who can stand back and read those words for what they are. You have all the information you need, but you're too close to it to figure out what needs to be done first or what are all the pieces that are involved. And so that's really our job as doctors is to stand back and to put those puzzle pieces together, give the clear picture, get you know, basically outline the roadmap, and then let the patient take the steps so that they start moving towards their health and they start moving towards taking charge of their health. But, you know, certainly in the beginning, you need an ally. You need an ally in this. It is too much. You know, I see stuff all the time online of people trying to reverse their autoimmune disease or balance their hormones on their own and how frustrated they are. And I always have to remind them, you know, even doctors, we get help too, because we're so close to it. It can be really hard to see what's going on. Yes, hundred percent. I have a doctor as well. I've had the same doctor for a decade, for over a decade, and it's it's very important to have that support, even if that's what you do yourself. So I love that you said that. And so you mentioned that in your twenties you didn't have a sex drive, so that's <laughs> true. Um, so the topic of the show is libido. Let's dive into that a little bit more. So what can cause a woman's libido to crash? Yeah. So I already mentioned your diet can have a huge impact. So definitely if you're fat free or you're restricting, you know, calories, you're, you know, one of those gals trying to exercise a lot and eat less to lose weight. I'm here to tell you all of that works against you. So that's one reason that we can see libido crash. And that was certainly true for me. I was over exercising. I was, you know, a poor college student and I taught group fitness. So I got paid for exercising. So of course I was going to exercise exercise a lot. So uh, I was over exercising under, um, you know, under eating my fat calories. And that's a, that's a good distinction there because I was eating all my grains, which were highly inflammatory, making my adrenal glands work in overtime. So definitely, you know, having a good macro balance is very important. Yeah. But, you know, another big reason that we see women in their 20s um, and even 30s will have a crash in their libido is because of birth control use. So, right, this is the really common age to be taking birth control. And uh, like all things birth control, doctors like to tell us it's in our head, um, which now we have lots of studies to be like, no, that's not true. So don't let your doctor tell you that. Because birth control legitimately binds up all of your testosterone so that you don't, you don't have that sex drive. And then at the same time, it's, you know, if you're, if you're taking an estrogen pill, you're flooding the system with estrogen, you're creating inflammation and you're dropping that progesterone. So bye-bye orgasms, bye-bye intimacy. Like you're not going to be interested in any of that. Right. So that's another really big category. I'm sure you see this in your, in your practice. Yeah. That- 
let's, isn't there a study showing too that when a, a woman's on birth control pills, it's her, her attraction changed for, right? For men, wasn't that? Yes. Yeah. So there is a study that they did on um, monkeys. Yeah. Which is perfect. I mean, it's a great, great place to study it because, you know, confounding variables for women, you know, these days we have other things that come into mind when we're thinking about mate selection, but we can't di- deny the biology. We absolutely are attracted to nails who will help us have the most viable offspring. So this is just biology being super, super smart. And you can actually detect who cellularly will be the best match for you. So the best match for you to actually make a baby with, to make the strongest, super viable human that you can. But when monkeys are on the birth control pill, they actually select mates that are less favorable. Their, their mate selection is affected. And this is a really big problem because we're selecting based on like compatibility and, and, you know, making the best genes possible. And what they found is that if you pull the birth control, mate selection shifts. And so the big question is, what are we doing to the genetics of the entire human race by flooding women's biology with these artificial hormones and keeping them from making that mate selection that actually ensures the healthiest baby? You know, this is a big question, and I love that you brought it up because we actually don't know the answer. It's, it's, it's kind of scary when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, that's wild. So we talked about the effects of diet. We talked about birth control. What else can cause a woman's libido to crash? So a big one is stress. And let me explain this because so often, you know, people, people dismiss the stress thing. I think these days pretty quick. Cause we all hear like eat right, exercise, stress less. And so people are like, Oh, whatever that again. But here's the deal. It's like when it comes to health and staying out of the doctor's office, it's not sexy or glamorous at all. It is all the diet lifestyle, reduce the stress stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. But ladies, you gotta get the stress down. If you're the libido or hormones are struggling because when you're getting stressed out, you're leaning very heavily on those adrenal glands. Your, your body has, you know, so let's just, let's just explain a concept that's called an evolutionary mismatch, which is that the way our body responds today is not appropriate for the environment that we're in. You know, these stress responses developed because we, you know, we were in real danger. And so when you're getting stressed, your brain doesn't actually know, like, are you, are you going to die? Like, is this threat that bad? And so what it does is your body being really brilliant says, okay, environment's not safe because we're stressed out. We cannot have a baby. Shut down progesterone, shut down any sexy time hormones and push everything into stress hormones. So now we're irritable, we're cranky, we don't want to be touched and we don't feel sexy, we don't feel attractive in our own body and we have no interest in sex. And that's just because of how, you know, that stress can skew all of your hormones. And if you are you know, having trouble with weight holding, you're, you're gaining weight and you can't lose it. You're having wild mood swings. You feel really irritable. You're not feeling good in your body. You got to get your hormones checked. Yeah, absolutely. I find for a lot of my, my lady patients who come in without a sex drive, a lot of times it's just, they just don't feel sexy because they're just, they don't feel good. They don't feel, you know, they're tired. They're getting hot flashes. They feel bloated. They eat something that's causing them to have all kinds of digestive issues. I mean, no one feels sexy in that kind of environment, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other things you see that that affects sex drive for your patients? So the last thing I would say is that we definitely have to acknowledge that your relationship is really important. So 
I bring this up because sometimes women come to my practice and they're like, oh, it must be me and something's wrong with my hormones. And, you know, they have this whole story in their mind. And when we really dig deep, you know, sometimes it's that they're not happy in their relationship or they're not feeling safe and secure in their environment. These these signals, you know, of, of insecurity or, you know, lack of safety are really profound on the body. But it's important to acknowledge, ladies, it is not always you. Just because you're not having any interest in sex doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It could actually be that you need to examine your relationships and, you know, what's going on in your social interactions. Yeah. Yeah. There's unsaid things, got to work out through, through some things and open up that communication. And yeah, I think there's a big connection between the heart and the vagina, <laughs> the brain and the vagina. Mm-hmm. You know? I find it's interesting. I, I do testing as I know you do on lots and lots of patients. And I find sometimes for ladies who have low testosterone or a man who has low testosterone, sometimes they have great sex drives because their, their relationship is wonderful. So it doesn't always reflect so much in their symptoms. It's, have you ever seen that before? Yeah, I've absolutely seen that where you think like, oh, this testosterone's low. They're for sure going to have symptoms. Right. And then, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there's other, other things at play as well. We always think about testosterone just for libido, but, you know, they're certainly having the estrogen levels at the right time. So we can feel curvy and voluptuous and, you know, very feminine. And then wow. there's having progesterone at the right time so that we want to mate, we want to bond, we want to have that connection and that love, you know, being generated. And then of course, you know, we, there's oxytocin and endorphins that are released during sex and an orgasm. So, I mean, we can become junkies for that. I mean, it's yeah. a really, really, you know, these hormones make us feel so good that sometimes even though, you know, testosterone will be low, we're still like, ah, oh, but I want in all that goodness that comes yeah. after the fact. Right. Well, we're going to jump into all that stuff in, in just a little bit. But let's talk about why is it important for, for a woman to understand why her sex drive is low? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, there's this uh, narrative that we are handed down in society as women, which is like orgasms and a libido is like a bonus and you should be grateful if you have them, but you shouldn't expect them. Right. Um, I reject that. <laughs> all of that. All of it. Wholeheartedly. Uh-uh, not in this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, because the deal is, is that like, we should have a libido, like we, uh, you know, not to be so reductionistic that we're only here to breed, but that's a big part of what being a human is about is wanting to procreate. And so if your libido is low, there's a reason for that. And we've got to find out why. And so, you know, some of the underlying causes we, we've talked about, okay, what are some of the reasons that you could have low libido? But, you know, as doctors, when we start to dig deeper, and I'm sure you see this as well, we can find hidden infections. We can find, you know, that the gut health is compromised, that maybe the adrenals are, you know, they're, they're in a state of what's called HPA dysfunction. So brain and adrenals aren't communicating effectively. And sometimes there can just be high levels of inflammation in the body that that can be shutting down the, uh, the whole libido sequence as well. So it's important to remember that your libido is a sign of vitality. It is a sign of health. And so if you have no libido and, and it seems like, okay, relationships good. I actually would like to have sex. Then we've got to dig deeper and figure out what's going on because there's some root cause to this. That's one piece. But the other piece is that regular sex and orgasms are actually really, really important for your health. 
Mm, let's dive into that. Talk about that. Why is regular sex and all the men listening are like, oh, I better press share to my lady right now. So <laughs> why is regular sex so good and why are orgasms so good? Let's dive into it. Yeah, yeah. No, and you know what? You're so right because I, I put out an article about, you know, the health benefits of orgasms and it was mostly men that I found sharing it on social media, tagging their, you know, significant others in it. And I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully the men are also, you know, I want them to know this. Women, you know, for us, foreplay actually takes place like throughout the day. It's when you're like doing the dishes for us uh, and helping hello. them out. That's, that's what Is turns that us on. Right? That's oh my God. Girl. So, yeah. yeah, you can hit share on this and then you need to vacuum the house. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Rub our feet and that will do wonders. Yes. Totally. Totally. So, you know, there's like a billion reasons I could talk about the health benefits of orgasms and sex, but I want to hit on like three big ones today. Otherwise we'd be on, we'd be on this for like three hours. So <laughs> let's talk about like three really big ones. So, you know, the first thing is that you can live longer. So research has shown that those people who engage in frequent sexual activity have a reduced mortality. So this one kind of blows people's minds that regular sexual activity actually can help you live longer. Pretty crazy, right? Wow. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and this actually comes because when you have an orgasm, you are releasing oxytocin and you're increasing your DHEA levels. Now, DHEA is a hormone that comes from the adrenal glands. It is a rockin' anti-aging hormone. So is oxytocin. Oxytocin has basically cortisol comes in and it's just like disrupts the party and oxytocin comes in and says, no worries, guys. It's all going to be good. We're, I'm going to shut down oxy, uh, this cortisol. Don't worry about it. And so it's these two hormones that really, they're, they're helping every single cell in your body. I mean, when you have an orgasm, you just bathe every cell in these hormones and they're getting all kinds of anti-aging and cell protection. I mean, it's just, it's all kinds of love for your whole body. I love it. And I love, so DHEA does a ton in the body. Like you said, it, it can, uh, you know, it, it's associated with longer life. It increases, um, bone strength, cognitive function, blood sugar regulation improves, it actually can help promote more estrogen testosterone production, right? So it's just so much, so many benefits from just that production of DHEA. Yeah. And DHEA can help improve autoimmune disease, which is another big reason to have sex <laughs> and to have orgasms often, which is, you know, this one was kind of crazy when I was digging the research. I had no idea that regular sex actually helps shift our immune system. And so <clears throat> this is, this is really cool. And let me, let me explain this a little bit. I'm going to get nerdy for a second here. So We've got two aspects of the immune system. We have Th1, which really evolved to fight viruses, bacteria, and this is what we see predominantly in autoimmune disease. And then we have Th2, which evolved more for parasites. These days, it's like we see it more with allergies, asthma, and eczema. And there's some autoimmune diseases that are associated with Th2, but the majority are Th1. And so what happens is that when you're having regular sex, your body is actually trying to improve fertility. And so this is, you know, this is another, this is point number, number three as well, is that it, it improves fertility, having regular sex and orgasms. I'll explain more about that. It's not just because of frequency, but so with the immune system, 
When you're having regular sex, you actually shift to a state of TH2. So you're more TH2, more tolerant of yourself in terms of autoimmune disease in the second half of your cycle. And so what we see is that regular sexual activity has favorable shifts in the immune system that benefit autoimmune disease. And it brings up these hormones that are protecting against what's happening in autoimmune disease. So right, anti-inflammatory, anti-aging but, you know, the, this whole shift of TH1 to TH2, it's dampening the, the immune system to not only help with autoimmunity, and actually it's, it's not there to help with autoimmunity, but it does. It does. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's actually so that you're more tolerant of sperm, which is not you, and baby, which is not you. So your immune system likes to attack Anything that is not you. This is how it keeps you safe. Mm. Well, sperm is certainly not you. That is not you at all. And baby is going to be genetically unique. And so by the body shifting into a state of TH2 in that second half of the cycle, when you can't, when you should be having sex and getting pregnant, it actually has more favorable outcomes for autoimmunity and fertility. And so we see that with this, you know, this shift, there's, you know, less, less reactivity to the sperm, less inflammation, which allows with implantation of the, of the um, embryo once it's fertilized. And so a lot of benefits when it comes to fertility, but they've also found in the research that women with weekly sexual encounters, so at least once a week you're having sex, they looked at, they had them all track their basal body temperature and these signs of fertility and found that women who have sex more often have more favorable shifts in their hormones, so better hormonal balance that creates a favorable state for fertility. Now, just to say, for women who are listening that are like, well, I don't want to have a baby, because I know there's lots of them out there. I'm with you right now. I have one. I don't want to have another. I totally feel you. But we still want to be fertile. And why do we still want to be fertile? Because you can, if you are unhealthy in any way, your fertility is what's compromised first. And just the ability to actually be able to conceive is a sign of health. So the fact that you're fertile is a sign that you're healthy. And so even if you don't want to have a baby, you can still get these benefits because as you increase fertility and shift the immune system, your periods get so much easier. Your mood swings decline. Your mood becomes more even. You're having less cramps, less bloating. Your breast aren't as tender. I mean, a lot of really good benefits to all of this. So that's my top three benefits of orgasms. You're going to live longer. You're going to improve autoimmunity and make your periods a whole lot easier. Wow. That's really cool. So if you have no, if you don't really have much of a sex drive, but you want these benefits, maybe just a little bit of fake it till you make it might help things. Is that what you're saying? So a little fake it till you make it can help. So not, not faking orgasms, ladies. So I, I don't endorse that because we got to be opening up this dialogue and having like legit conversations with our partners. It you know, for any gal out there who's ever faked an orgasm, you know how lame that feels. You know it doesn't feel good because it's you're not being true to yourself and you're trying to make someone else feel better. But in that time, you know, in, in doing that, we're actually not communicating our needs, which, you know, as women, we're so, so good at putting ourselves on the back burner and putting other people first. I mean, this is why the entire human race exists. So let's just acknowledge this. Humans would not be here if women weren't the caretakers, okay? So, this has definitely served us, but 
You know, in this day and age, I just feel like we should be at a point that we can have those dialogues and at the same time, honor our needs. So, you know, getting, getting some good sex practices going certainly can help. And so, you know, trying a little longer foreplay, for instance, might be what you need. Most women don't realize that like, we need like at least 15 minutes of foreplay to get our body ready. I mean, there's a whole lot of changes. There's the hormonal changes, but also, you know, there's vaginal secretions, the uterus actually shifts back a little bit. There's a lot going on here for women. And so if, you know, if you're struggling with that, I definitely say go with a little more foreplay and communicate to your partner what it is you actually need to be able to, you know, not only, not only in the bedroom to be able to have an orgasm, but also to feel sexy about yourself, to feel desirable throughout the day. I mean, there's certainly things that we can be communicating with all of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up that as a woman becomes aroused, her, her, she actually becomes deeper and so it becomes more comfortable to have intercourse. So you want to give it some time to let things kind of warm up, get that engine going. So I love that you brought totally. that Totally. Yeah. So and it's, it's super normal. I just want to say that piece because, you know, I have to explain this to women all the time because their husbands are frustrated that they're like, it can't be like the movies where it's like, oh, we kiss and then we're instantly having sex. Like that doesn't happen. Just anything you've seen in the movies, just dismiss it because that's, that's Hollywood trying to get you hot and bothered and they're doing a good job, but it's not reality. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's talk about the actual orgasm. So if someone listening is having a hard time actually reaching orgasm, maybe they are having sex. Are there, is there anything to help improve that? Yes. So if you're having difficulty achieving orgasm, again, we want to go back to to digging deeper. So that's one piece is that we want to understand what's going on. Often, you know, when there's difficulty achieving orgasm, I will see this as an issue with progesterone being too low. So progesterone will be low. Um, and that, that can definitely be an effect. And again, that comes back to inflammation, stress, all of those things. The other thing I would say is that if you're, if you're using any toys in the bedroom, be mindful that a vibrator can actually desensitize the clitoris. And so sometimes women are having difficulty achieving an orgasm and they're, they're starting with like, you know, toys like high uh, on high power to begin with. So that can be a bit of that, of that issue as well. And then of course, let's not forget that if you have pelvic pain or vaginal dryness, you are going to set up a circuit. So you're, you're actually set up your nervous system to become fearful of sex. You're not going to be interested in it at all. And, and that's normal because your body wants, every organism wants to move away from pain. So definitely making sure we have good lubrication, we're going slow and we're communicating our needs to our partner. And know that like not every position is going to work for every woman. So I actually, this is really, really crazy. And this had me actually really upset a few weeks ago. I actually had a patient to me say to me that her doctor, now this is a 32 year old female. Her doctor was recommending a hysterectomy because she couldn't, you know, she couldn't have sex in what's called doggy style. So being on all fours. And so when we actually dove into it, there was no no foreplay taking place. So uterus was not going to accommodate that. But she'd also had a couple of children. And so the thing we had to talk about is that the uterus changes. Things change after we have babies. And a surgical procedure is not the answer to be accommodating your husband. This, like, floored me that a doctor wow. would even recommend Just take out your uterus because your husband really enjoys that position and you can't do it. Wow. And I was like, look. Your, you know, your husband can get over that. There's plenty of other positions that you can try. Right. And, um, you know, I, I was just really frank about it. And I gave her the whole talk of like how long it takes and foreplay and all of that. 
And then she, she actually reported back to me that she picked up this Karma Sutra book. She's they're doing totally fine. No surgery on the, on the, you know, horizon at all. And her husband's even more happy because they tried out some other things that were working and they actually work better for her, which I'm like, that is awesome. Like you actually found it's working for your husband and it's better for you. I I couldn't be happier. So know that too. It's like, sometimes you got to mix it up. Sometimes you got to try some other things. And let's not forget that her being more pleasured pleases her husband too, you know? And for you guys, for you ladies listening, it's okay for you to totally enjoy sex because you wanting to just please him, like what really pleases him is you being pleased. Nothing makes a man happier than pleasing a woman. And especially in the bedroom, so I'm just giving you permission that you can have amazing sex and really I'm just inviting you to, to receive it. And maybe just if you found yourself not fully enjoying sex, I like the, the statement, um, what can make this sweeter right now? How can I enjoy this more right now? Like if you are in the act of sex, just asking yourself, how can I enjoy this more right now? And, and really enjoy that moment. It's like, it's like being mindful when you're eating food, just stopping and in looking at what you're eating and smelling it and tasting it and, and all enjoying it, like using your senses, you can actually just tell yourself to enjoy it more too. So the power of the mind, I think is, is a big part of this. Yeah. And you know, what you said there, I think is the most important point that we should really flesh out is that you've got to be present and you've got to be in your body. An orgasm only happens when you are completely tuned in and present. Yeah. I mean, orgasms in that respect, they're like as good as meditation. I mean, what else is there? What other act is there that gets us really present and really focused in on our body? It's, yeah. it's pretty profound and, and pretty amazing in that way. Mm-hmm. I find in my practice when the biggest killers of orgasms is stress. We said it earlier that that affects libido, but I think that if a woman's having a hard time achieving an orgasm, she could just be thinking of all the other stuff going on, like you said. Yeah. So, so it brings it back to the being present, but also structuring your life in a way that it's going to allow you to have relaxation. You know, are you getting your sleep that you need? Are you taking time in the morning for you if you're a busy mom? And I know you know this because you're a mom, right? So yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk about this. Like, how do you set up your day in a way that allows you to stay healthy, that allows you to stay connected, happy, balanced, but still get things done and allow you to still have a rock and sex drive. I'd love to know that. <laughs> yeah. So you definitely have to carve out space for yourself at some moment in the day. So, you know, I usually recommend the second your eyes open, starting your day with some deep breathing. So just starting with at least five deep breaths and really extending that exhale so you get into that parasympathetic activity. So we start the day in a state of rest and digest. Most people, and I hope none of your listeners are doing this, but it's okay if you do, you can stop at any time, like to keep their cell phone next to their bed and roll over and start their day with other people's agenda. So, right, they're checking their emails, they're checking Facebook, things like that. And that, that really means that other people get to set the intention for your day. And I'm, I'm all about you, you own your day. So start the day with that deep breathing. When you roll over, make it a journal that you roll over to and write down, you know, set your intentions for the day. This is actually something I like to do at night is set my intentions and do my gratitude journaling at bedtime. And then I wake up and I read it. Okay. The intentions I set for today. And this is what I was grateful for today. So you just carve out some time to be, you know, 
to basically be the captain of your own ship. This is what I'm intending for today. We know that whatever comes, it's, it's out of your control and for the most part, but you can set the intention of how you're going to handle things. So that's one thing I say, you know, to start the day with. We start the day with stress being lower. We're in a better chance of using all of those yummy hormones up for, you know, basically getting that hormonal cascade in balance. So that's the first piece. And then making sure that you're starting your day with quality breakfast. Now this looks different for everybody because, you know, right. There's some people who are doing the bulletproof coffee thing. I mean, that's my husband's found that he feels best if he's just doing, you know, the fat first thing in the morning, I'm the opposite. I've got to have fat protein and greens usually in the morning. That's what works for me. But the thing that's universal is the fat and protein. So getting the fat and protein with every meal is going to help balance your blood sugar. You're far less likely to have crashes um, throughout the day. And that you know, that blood sugar balance is really at the crux of, you know, what, what is taking care of your hormones. So if we're spiking our our glucose and, you know, spiking insulin to follow that, we're going to end up inflamed and with adrenals that are just angry at us. So making sure that you, you know, are having some, you're, you're being mindful about what you're going to eat in the day. And this is something that takes time. So whether you want to meal prep on the weekend, or you just want to get up in the morning and kind of think about what you're going to eat in the day, you should at least have somewhat of a plan. So you don't find yourself, you're stranded without food. Yeah. And then, you know, another thing during the day is noticing just being present in your body and noticing how the day stressors are affecting you and how much permission you're really giving to other people to run over your boundaries and to completely stress you out. Yeah. It all comes down to being really, really mindful about, okay, how is this affecting me? I mean, as you and I know, we both run very busy practices and there's times where, you know, your day can just become derailed by a situation and you have to really pause and say, okay, you know, is this as dangerous as as my mind is telling me right now? Do I need to have this degree of stress? And, you know, what can I do to mitigate how I'm feeling right now? So whether you meditate, you go for a walk or some other kind of mind-body practice, and then, you know, how how do I actually handle this situation? Is this something I have to be responsible for or can I, can I give to someone else? Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to say about, you know, your day and what you're looking out for and, and how to have a rocking libido is definitely watching what's coming through your environment. So, you know, if you're exposing yourself to a bunch of plastics in your kitchen, your makeup is an endocrine disruptor, your cleaning products are endocrine disruptors, you're, you know, going to an office and drinking out of plastic water bottles all day and then ending the day with maybe a glass of wine, which, you know, I don't mind people having a glass of wine, but if you have estrogen dominance, you have hormone hormone imbalance. I mean, one glass of alcohol can raise estrogen levels by like 11%, which is pretty, pretty significant. Mm. And so, you know, it's just being mindful about what's coming into your body that could potentially be creating excess burden, things that your body doesn't need to be dealing with. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's these little by little additions of things that, that over time make a huge impact throughout the course of your day, your week, turns into months, your years, and you're just wreaking havoc with these little, little habits. Um, I love that. And I, I agree. I think that it is essential to start your day with at least an hour, I would say, before looking at your phone. If you can carve out an hour, yeah. before, that is just magic. Because that means you have time for you, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to think about, whatever you want to create for the day. What's the biggest thing you want to do in your life? Do you want a relationship? Do you want to make more money? Do you want to get healthier? You know, Do you want to learn a new skill? Do it in the beginning of your day. That way it's, it's going to guarantee that it happens. Of course, it's a little tricky once you have kids, right? Can you give any tips on that if you have kids? 
Oh yeah. So, you know, in the, so in the beginning, you're not sleeping (laughs) and getting extra sleep is like almost impossible. I definitely recommend. So, you know, I have a four-year-old now. It's something that we started, you know, a year ago with that when he wakes up in the morning, he's got to give us some quiet time. So he needs to play by himself for a while. And we actually set up um, a little uh, clock so that he can see when, you know, we have it marked with little stickies when the hands are here and here you can come bug us <laughs> so no way that's something curious, what what times do you do that i think this is fascinating <laughs> Yeah. So I do this on the weekends and, uh, you know, mostly uh, during the week we have to get up cause he, he goes to school and we have that, but if he gets up, so on the weekdays it's, it's seven o'clock that he's wow. got to let us be. So this was part of my healing is that I discovered I couldn't get up before seven o'clock. Like if I got up before seven o'clock and this was, you know, th- this is actually shifted in the last year, but you know, three years for the last three years prior to that, I know, I knew that no matter what time I went to bed, I could not get out of bed before seven o'clock, even if my eyes opened. And that was something that if I got to bed before seven o'clock, I actually had to take an hour nap in the afternoon. So this was part of healing and recovering my adrenals and, and, um, yeah. And once I figured that out, I was like, well, I'm just going to lay in bed till seven and then I'll get up and I won't, I won't need that nap. And so since then I'm definitely able to get up earlier, but you know, on the weekends, we'll, my husband and I will just decide like, okay, we need a little more sleep. And so we'll just, we'll just change that for him so that he can stay in his room. Of course we had to get him like toys he's really excited about. And sometimes I have to get up and be like, here's, here's your activity. You can do this activity. And then I go back to bed. Um, but you know, the other thing too, is you can start to get your kids, um, you know, meditating with you or doing yoga. If you want, the kids are actually really receptive to this, but, uh, you know, so that's, if you want to share your time with them, Otherwise, you know, I, I recommend, you know, carving out some time and, and finding that space that's yours. And you really make that sacred self-care time. Even if it's only 15 minutes in the day, you do something you absolutely love. Something that, you know, you would be like, oh, I shouldn't do this because I have something else. No, no, no. I want it to be completely frivolous. Like there is no rhyme or reason why you want to do this, except that it makes your heart sing and you're super happy doing it. So that's definitely one tip is like, give yourself at least 15 minutes to do the thing that you think is, you know, just completely frivolous. You, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, so often it's, you know, there's always going to be something to take care of. There's always something to do and kids are ever, ever demanding. And we've got to guard our adrenal glands and our personal time like crazy. So, you know, there's this, you know, this misconception, I think, is that we're supposed to be the super mom and we're supposed to completely lose our identity and we're supposed to give everything to our child. And to me, that's actually really dangerous because one, who you are in this world and, and what you model to your child is so, so important as part of their learning. Yeah. What you tell them, what you try to teach them is not what they retain and they learn. They learn by modeling you. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing you can do for your child is model that you honor your body, you honor your health, and that you take time for self-care. If you want your child to be healthy, then you've got to start with yourself. It's a ripple effect, but mama has got to be taking care of herself. And then, of course, you know, when it comes to sexy time, that is always fun with a kid. We were just joking this weekend that, like, 
our, our number is probably going to be up for traumatizing our kids soon. Um, <laughs> I was trying to be sneaky and you're like, Oh, I know the day it's coming, but it's, it's different, you know, for every, for every family and you just have to find what's works best for you. You know, I will admit that there's times where in the middle of the day on the weekend, I'm very interested in my husband and I hand my child an iPad to play some games with for a bit. I have no shame in that because you need to get some adult time. I come back and he's like learned more math and I'm like, fantastic. And now mama's got all this oxytocin and endorphins. She's completely in love with you and she's ready to show up and take on this day. So yeah, I have, I have no qualms about admitting that like I definitely leverage technology in a responsible and favorable way for mom and dad. Hey, it makes you a better version of you. So it's a gift to your child indirectly. Totally. You know, and this is important for like moms who, so, so I call this like the mom hours, which is like, it's right after school. It's like usually three to 6 PM somewhere in there. It's when it's the hardest time of day for moms because it's when everyone gets home Dinner has to be orchestrated. Bedtime routine has to happen. I mean, every mom universally has a hard time at this, at this time yeah. of day and in these mom hours. And so we, we need to recognize, like, if, if you're a mom who's, like, yelling at your kids during that time, and I certainly hear this from patients who are like, I'm always screaming at my husband and kids and I hate it. My answer is, like, you've got to make more time for yourself. Right. And definitely, you know, regular sexual activity improves mood, decreases stress, and it's going to make you less less reactive because you're going to balance out all of those hormones, including the stress hormones. How often do you recommend for couples to have sex? So, you know, that's, of course, very individualized. So, yeah. you know, usually, uh, you know, with my women who have autoimmune disease, I actually will write prescriptions. I want you to have an orgasm once a week because, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when, especially when I'm like, they, they don't want to take DHEA, their DHEA is low. And I'm like, okay, let's, we got to get you orgasming regularly. And so, you know, where the research is at is at least once a week is where we get the health benefits. Um, just for people listening, because I, I just had uh, a woman not too long ago that was like, I'm only having sex twice a week and that feels like it's way too infrequent. So twice, <laughs> twice, you know, to five times a week. And she was like, you know, 10 years ago, we were at it every day. And I'm like, well, that's very normal that, you know, and that's very normal, especially when you're in a new relationship, we get yeah. super, super excited. But you know, one to two times a week is, is perfectly normal. I get, when I get really concerned is when a woman tells me like, I haven't had sex with my husband in a year and I don't really care if I ever do again. Right. That for me is a huge red flag of like what is going on because, you know, as uh, biologically speaking as humans, we are designed to seek pleasure. So if you're not seeking pleasure, I'm scared. I'm worried. What is happening here? And so that's when I'm like, we've got to dig deeper, honey, because something's going on. And right now it's manifesting as low libido, no interest in sex, but what's it going to manifest as in 10 years? And that's the concern, right? Is that, the body starts to speak. You have a choice to listen. If you don't listen, man, it will throw a tantrum like a little little three-year-old in the middle of a grocery store. Nobody wants that. <laughs> so what about when a patient comes in and says, I've just never had a sex drive. I'm just not a sexual person. What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I've definitely heard that. Yeah. Um, something that's really common <clears throat> so that I, I've seen this a lot of times is when women say, 
I've never had a sex drive. I've had no interest is I usually ask about history of birth control use. And something I've seen in my practice a lot is that these are the women that when they were like, you know, 12 to 14, like when, when their brain was just learning how to talk to their ovaries, that their doctor stepped in with a birth control pill because they had some kind of unfavorable symptom. This is a real, I really take issue with this. So it might be for acne. It might be because she was having difficult periods. It could be early PCOS manifesting and nobody worked it up. And so this is a common thing that I'll see is that women, right when your brain was figuring out, like your brain and ovaries were just starting to talk, they were trying to be BFFs. And then you just came in with a bunch of chemicals and disrupted that. Now that's not your fault at all. Okay. You took that pill, like no guilt on that. We just move on from it. That's your doctor. Your doctor should have done you a, a, a solid one and actually worked you up for that. Yeah. But it's that disruption that I really think, you know, sets the platform for women. And so that I just want to put that out there for listeners because that's the most common thing I see. And it really makes me question when we're giving birth control pill, when the hypothalamic pituitary and then the ovarian adrenal thyroid axis, when it's all really getting set up, what are we doing to these young girls' brains? What are we doing to their physiology? And so, you know, this is something I definitely want to caution, you know, women about is, you know, if you've got a daughter uh, or, or men, you've got a daughter, be very cautious about starting the pill at a very young age. I mean, certainly if we don't want a woman to get pregnant, that's a good reason to use the solid form of birth control. But if they're giving it for these other reasons, we, we really need to stand back and ask why. Like, why why is the body expressing this way? What else is going on? So, you know, that's the biggest thing I see. And so when a woman says, Hey, I've never had any libido sex drive. We, we go in and we look at, okay, well, tell me what was going on. And sometimes I'm even going like, what was going on in your mom's pregnancy? Like what was, what was the pregnancy, right? Because, you know, something, something happened along the way because, you know, just biologically speaking, we, there's that we should have libidos. Like we should be wanting to make babies and you know, go, go forth and, you know, procreate. And so if that's, that's not the signal your body's getting, there's something much deeper going on. And why this gets really important is because if, you know, you want to be looking at all these hormones and sure, like libido, orgasms, all that's really important. But some of these hormones can be, you know, off so much that it's actually affecting your bone health. So testosterone, for instance, women, you know, we always hear like, oh, that's for your libido, but it's actually really important for our bone health. If we don't have enough testosterone, we don't have energy throughout the day. Our mood's really low. We want to cry all the time. And these hormones are affecting us in so many ways. And I'm convinced right now that we don't even know enough about our hormones and, and, and about what's taking place in our body to really understand the long reaching effects. And the best we can do right now is start to look at, okay, well, what happens in a postmenopausal woman who has no hormones? And we see heart disease, osteoporosis, dementia, all of these like, you know, really big, scary diseases we don't want to be getting, those start when our hormones drop. So, you know, as you and I know, true preventative medicine starts right here, right now. Like we've got to do the work to prevent what's coming down the pipeline. So if you've never been a sexual person, that, that is, to me is a big red flag. We've got to go in and we've got to figure out what is going on in your physiology. Why isn't your body responding to the environment in the way that it should be? Yeah. Yeah. I've prescribed a lap dance, not lap dancing, (laughs) pole dancing (laughs) for patients, even like, you know, like burlesque classes and all that stuff. How important do you think dance is and just movement getting in your body, even if you're not necessarily having sex? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so <clears throat> I actually, so I, I've taken pole dancing classes. They are an incredible fitness workout. So, yeah. you know, for women who are listening, cause the, I remember, I, I remember when I was taking them and my friends were all like, Oh, so what do you want to be a stripper or something? I'm like, no, my upper body is like getting really ripped. Like, I am impressed. Like, there's so much to it. And you, and you do feel sudden the movement is sexy. I mean, it's, there's a reason why men show up to these places. So Definitely, definitely connecting to your body is super important. I love, so I think taking burlesque classes, taking, uh, you know, pole dancing classes, all these kinds of classes, belly dancing, all great because these things all have one thing in common. They get us into our pelvis. So hula hooping and hula dancing is also great for this. But, you know, I sit a lot. I'm sure you sit a lot. We all sit a lot. And, you know, every day we're trying to fight against it because, you know, sitting's the new smoking. Um, and this is something important to acknowledge is that, you know, we see a lot of issues in the pelvic floor with women, usually starting in their 30s. So pelvic pain, reduced libido, you know, things that we call pa- pelvic stagnation. And we even see HPV becomes more problematic then too, which some theorize is because we have sat our whole life. Like, I mean, goodness, we look at what we do to children in schools. Like yeah. we should not sit that long. That no, that is not how the human body was designed. So, you know, getting into your, so there's the mindfulness of getting into your pelvic floor and getting into that pelvic space, but then there's also the movement and counteracting what stretch or excuse me, what sitting has done all day. And you can do that with gentle stretching with, you know, any of these things that we've mentioned, the exercise that gets into your hips. You know, I love getting women wearing orange panties and, and exercising because that orange really resonates with the sacral chakra. That's your creative center. I mean, as women- Yeah, it's it, and you know, it works really well. So, you know, as women, we often think like, oh yeah, my womb is where I I create life, but it's actually where we create everything. So you wanna you wanna manifest something that's coming from that sacral chakra. Like you wanna you wanna problem solve the most difficult situation, you know, in your life, you've got to get into your creative center, you've gotta get into that pelvic floor space because as women, that's really where we are problem solving and we're getting super, super creative about our day. So whether that is, you know, you wanna make more money or you want to have more job satisfaction, whatever it is, getting into your pelvic floor and honoring, you know, these mighty, mighty female organs is one way to for sure to do that. Oh my gosh. I'm looking on Amazon to see if they have organic ladies, orange panties. That's so funny. I love that. Um, I had one patient that like actually dyed. She got these cotton organic ones and she dyed hers uh, orange and red tie dye to like root and sacral chakra. I was like, wow, way to get into oh it. Like, <laughs> you just sell those at your practice. You just give them with every new lady patient and say, go. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I knew we would just fly through this interview because it's so much fun talking to you, but I would love if you could just think of let's say we put on some headphones on every woman in this country what would you want to tell every woman if you could speak to each one oh i would want to tell every woman that you need to really honor yourself and you are important very very important and so you know you got to be a little selfish to get where you want in this world when it comes to your health so ladies i really really want to encourage you to take care of yourselves to make time for self care and know that you absolutely deserve amazing sex and amazing orgasms you are so worth it 
I love it. So our listeners can learn more about you at drbrighton.com. That's Brighton with an E, like Brighton the sun. I love it. You're, you're bright and we're shine. I think it's amazing. I know. It's perfect match, right? <laughs> and so what are, what's on the horizon for you? What are you? What are you working on right now? What are you excited about? So I'm really excited. I'm finishing up my uh, hormone revolution detox right now with my first group to go through there. So this is in a 21 day online program. It's actually six weeks that they get support, but they go through 21 days of detoxing their hormones, getting them back in balance and just creating like amazing health. What I, I'm, I'm just super jazzed about that because we're, we're coming out of the transition phase and these women are just rocking it. So that's what I'm really excited about. And then um, we just opened up our second clinic location. So I have a clinic in Oakland, California, and now in Portland, Oregon as well. So we're pretty excited about that. That's so great. Dr. Brighton, thank you so much for being my guest. I love that you came on my show. And also, you know what? I want to ask you one last question. If you were to talk to any potential doctors, new NDs, what would be like, just real quick, like maybe like a few sentences, what would you tell them to give them encouragement for what they're creating in their career? Oh yeah. So, you know, the first thing is I would say, you know, your value and honor it. I think that, you know, we do amazing work in this world, but we often get told that like, maybe it's not that valuable, but you know, when you think about it, you're changing lives. And in fact, you're teaching people how to save lives. So that's definitely a big thing is really honor yourself and honor your value and your gifts that you bring to your, to this world. And then, you know, the other thing I, I would say is make no apologies for who you are and what you do, because so often, you know, we're, we're, we are hit with a lot of resistance when we start talking about root cause resolution, getting people off medications and really teaching people to heal their body. And so, you know, I, I tell I, you know, my entire clinic team knows this. We make no apologies for doing what it takes to get our patients back to health. And yeah. so, you know, even in, and this is really important because, you know, there's so much out there that, you know, there's so much research out there that still isn't enough to be making recommendations in medicine. And this is important for people to understand. When I look at some of these pharmaceuticals, I actually could never recommend them because the research is so poor on them yet. They're considered the standard of care. And we're moving, you know, into a place where we are all recognizing that the best medicine is the bio-individualized medicine. And there is no research study out there that is going to tell you what the person sitting in front of you needs. And in fact, the person sitting in front of you is the only one who can provide you with that information. So listen to them and honor that there's a lot of power in the end of one and that each patient can be their own trial, so to speak. Mm, chills. Thanks, Doc. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being who you are. You're amazing. Rock out, rock on. I'm here to support you in whatever you're doing and have an awesome Aww. day. <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor to be on your show. And you know the same. I always got your back. Aww. Much love, girl. Talk soon. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.
Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.